this has obviously been a big goal for you and and to finally take the you know obviously the goals are bigger right to go win gold but but to take this first step and to get on the team and to take care of this how does how does this feel in your mind in this moment um I, it's a little surreal right now um i think that it'll hit me maybe after the drug test and and i kind of see my family for a longer extended period of time and and i'm around my teammates and and my family in that sense too it'll hit me but um you know, I, I got to take it one step at a time. I'm just trying to be present. That's the biggest thing um, for me and my wife coming in this tournament and, and, and our lives together is just being present in the moment. And so I want to enjoy this. I'm going to take it all in. You know, I'm an Olympian. That was Thomas Gilman, guys, a 2021 Olympian after winning the U.S. Olympic wrestling trials this past weekend in Fort Worth, Texas. Gilman emerged from a fairly wide-open bracket to claim the spot at 57 kilograms. He's going to be the second straight former Hawkeye wrestler to rep the United States at the Olympic Games, and he's also the first Iowa native since Doug Schwab made the team in 2008. Even more, he continues the state's long and storied tradition of having a wrestling connection at every single Olympic Games since 1948. So with that, hey, what's up? Hello, guys. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you are here. Welcome to the Weekend Freestyle. We're going to recap a pretty busy wrestling weekend. Um, we're basically going to spend the rest of the week doing that, I suppose, um, because we watched the U.S. Olympic team trials this weekend, guys, and there were basically three different tournaments going on all at once. We saw 18 athletes emerge and earn berths on the men's freestyle, women's freestyle, and Greco-Roman Olympic teams. Fifteen of them are now preparing to compete in Tokyo later this summer while three more, Jordan Oliver, men's freestyle 65 kilograms, and then two Greco-Roman wrestlers, Jesse Porter at 77 kilos and Adam Kuhn at 130 kilos. Those three are going to have to still go to qualify the weights at the last chance qualifier. That's next month in Bulgaria. We'll keep tabs on them when the time comes. Each of them faces pretty stiff competition if they're going to want to get to Tokyo. But the rest of them can turn their attention to a lifelong dream that's now closer than ever before. Regardless, we did have 18 winners this weekend, and here they are. In men's freestyle, Thomas Gilman at 57 Seven kilograms. Jordan Oliver at 65, Kyle Dake at 74, David Taylor at 86, Kyle Snyder at 97, and Gable Stevenson out of Minnesota taking the reins at 125 kilograms. In women's freestyle, Sarah Hildebrandt at 50 kilograms, Jakara Winchester at 53, Helen Maroulis back in the saddle at 57, Kayla Miracle now at 62, Tamara Mensah-Stock at 68, and Adeline Gray at 76 kilograms. And then Greco-Roman Ildar Hafizov uh, taking it at 60 kilograms, Alejandro Sancho at 67, Jesse Porter at 77, John Stefanowitz at 87, Giangelo Hancock at 97, and Big Adam Kuhn rounding out the teams at 130 kilograms on the Greco-Roman squad. Guys, that is a damn team. I know Oliver Porter and Kuhn still have to qualify their spots for Tokyo, but there is a ton of metal potential in those teams, especially that women's freestyle team. The men's freestylers are stacked as ever, and here's hoping this is finally the year that Greco breaks through and puts on a show at the Olympic Games. Now, like I said, there was a lot to get to from this tournament in all three styles, and I'm so used to just making an immediate podcast following a pretty busy weekend like we just had um, that I felt like I had to say something here on this Monday, April 5th. 
And my thought process was this. We're going to spend the rest of the week breaking down these Olympic trials because I want to give each of these teams their due, right? Um, today, it's going to be more of a rapid-fire version that y'all are used to, and we're going to focus strictly on all the local uh, wrestlers that competed. Um, you know, th- there were eight of them total. Um, but I figured just keep it a little bit lighter today, get through that, and then we're going to give each team, men's freestyle, women's freestyle, Greco-Roman, um, their due later in the week. We got to talk with each of the trials champs on Saturday night after they won. Um, so we're going to have shows later this week that go a little bit more in-depth on each champ, each tournament, each weight, all the fun things that happened, um, all the heartbreaking storylines and devastating results and this, that, and the other. And there was just so much to unpack from the Olympic trials as there is every four years, I guess in this case, um, the fifth year since we last saw the Olympic wrestling trials. So we're going to keep it a little bit lighter today. And then throughout the week, we'll have more shows as I you know, collect and finalize my thoughts on everything that went down this weekend. Sound good? So let's start here with how the Iowa wrestlers did. Gilman, of course, led the way, winning at 57 kilograms in men's freestyle. Guys, he looked really, really good. Um, I know that the Hawkeye fans, um, or there's a segment of Hawkeye fans, that feels some type of way about him, which is whatever to me, to be honest. Um, I know that there's a process. There's, I, and, and here's the thing. I, you know, I'm gonna, I'll admit a handful of things right out front. Um, there is the prospect of Spencer Lee still probably being the best guy in the country at 57 kilos when he's healthy. Um, there's also the idea out there that you know, where does Nick Suriano factor into this if he doesn't test positive for COVID-19 earlier this week? Um, I think he was wrestling well enough that absolutely he could have made a run and potentially made this team. Um, but you can only wrestle those who are in front of you and those that enter the tournament and those that are able to enter the tournament right and that's what Gilman did um, he beat uh, Zane Richards 11-0 in his quarterfinal matchup Zane Richards came out of the last chance qualifier um, he beat Joe Cologne uh, another Iowa boy in the semifinals Joe Cologne was a uh, past world bronze medalist at a weight up uh, and Gilman took care of him 10-0 um, and then in the finals Gilman beat Vito Arujao, uh Cornell All-American junior world silver medalist um, twice in a row it was a clean sweep he pinned him in the first match after going up 11-4 and then he won the second match 2-2 on criteria so you, you can love him or you can hate him but Thomas Gilman is our guy at 57 kilograms in men's freestyle he's from Iowa he made the team he will likely be a medal threat in Tokyo later this summer as well and as you can surmise from those results Gilman looked great this weekend he had produced kind of mixed results in various competitions over the last year random exhibition cards went to a couple overseas tournaments but he's the guy who qualified the weight he's the guy who ultimately won the spot this weekend remember he won a world silver medal back in 2017 he took fifth in 2018 he's good guys and this past weekend he was very very good maybe the best version of thomas gilman that we've seen so far We caught up with Thomas afterward on Saturday to talk about his weekend, his path to the Olympic team, and more. You heard part of it at the beginning of the show. Here's you're going to hear the entire of it right now. Thomas Gilman, post-trials interview. Here you go. I'll see you guys in a minute. All right. How's it going? Congratulations. Thank you. Tell me about the the match. Do you feel like um, you feel like you came out of nowhere? I mean, came out of nowhere. I've been around since... 2017 when I got a silver medal in the Worlds. Um, no disrespect. <laughs> that kind of sounds a little arrogant, but um, maybe a little offensive for me, but um, you know, everyone likes something new and shiny, and maybe that's why people don't really like me that much and say I'm coming out of nowhere because I'm not new and shiny, but I mean, I was the number one seed. I qualified the way from the Olympic Games. You know, I've been in the finals match ever since 2017. I got a world silver medal and fifth fifth place in 2018 I was in the bronze medal match and I didn't make the team in 2019 but you know three two out of three series and I went to three matches against Aiden Fix there and then qualified the weight 2020 God stepped in and said not today 
Olympic Games are postponed, and now we're here. So I wouldn't say I came out of nowhere. So do you think that uh, that them being postponed last year to this year, do you think that was better for you, was worse for you in terms of the wrestling, or how did it work? I mean, it worked out for sure. Yeah, it worked out. So hindsight's twenty twenty. maybe it, it worked out for me. But I, I mean, I, I was... I was in a strange, uh, uh, a unique situation, let's let's say, last year. And I was, uh, but I was ready to go. You know, I had Mark Perry as my, as my coach, and and we were gonna, we were gonna get the job done. We were ready to go. You know, I beat the Cuban, who's probably one of the best guys in the world. Um, second round at the Pan Am Championships, qualified the weight. Um, I, I was I was running all cylinders, I was ready to go. But this year has allowed me to grow beyond the sport of wrestling. I got married. I moved halfway across the country. That's not something you do on a whim. Um, it's not uh, an opportunist thing to do necessarily. It was a sacrifice. You know, I kind of started over. I made a home in Belfont, Pennsylvania. You know, I, I, I made a new family with Nittany Lion Wrestling Club in Penn State uh, University with Coach Kale and company, and especially Coach Cody have taken me in under their wing and fathers to me. Um, so look in the bigger picture, Wrestling is great, but I grew in this last year more than just a wrestler. I grew, I became a bit more of a man, a better man, a better person. Um, so I'm just extremely grateful and I thank God uh, that I'm here today. Um, I just, maybe I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of no, it's great. Rambling, I, but... I, out of nowhere, I only meant that people don't know you, I think, as well, and now they will, right? Right. I meant no disrespect. I know you didn't mean any disrespect either. I just wanted to kind of explain where I'm coming from. Glad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I've got a, a media question. Uh, first question coming in right now. Hey, Thomas, this is Cody. Uh, hey, I just can't get away from you, huh? <laughs> hey, man. Um, you know, just being from Iowa, um, of course, we're going to follow you around. But but I, I when we talked beforehand, you know, this has obviously been a big goal for you and and to finally take the you know obviously the goals are bigger right to go win gold but but to take this first step and to get on the team and to take care of this how does how does this feel in your mind in this moment um I, it's a little surreal right now um i think that it'll hit me maybe after the drug test and and i kind of see my family for a longer extended period of time and and i'm around my teammates and and my family in that sense too it'll hit me but um you know, I, I got to take it one step at a time. I'm just trying to be present. That's the biggest thing um, for me and my wife coming in this tournament and, and, and our lives together is just being present in the moment. And so I want to enjoy this. Uh, I'm going to take it all in. You know, I'm an Olympian. You know, it's, uh, it's something to be very proud of. But I'm going to take a page out of Nick Lee's book. Um, you know, after the national tournament, he said, chop wood, carry water. And what's that mean? I don't know. Google it. Um, but essentially for me, it's back to work tomorrow you know how did I get here chopping wood carrying water how am I going to get to be an Olympic champion Olympic gold medalist chop wood carry water and that starts tomorrow but tonight I'm going to enjoy myself enjoy the presence of my family and uh just see if it ever sinks in hopefully it hopefully it doesn't because that means there's still work to be done I gotcha. The, the the idea of staying present and, and continuing to focus on the thing that is in front of you when did that left and I guess when did, when did you learn it or when did it maybe finally sink in? I think um, I really learned it first from Coach Kale and, and the way he talks to the team before before the practices. I've just been really paying attention to what he has to say, as, as every, everyone should. He, he's a very wise person and, and he has a lot of information to give and, he, and he's very giving in that knowledge. 
um, to us as his athletes. And, and uh, you know, you just it's kind of what he talks about every day. Just have fun. You know, it's cliche and people think it's funny when that's why I think people, a lot of people don't like us here at Penn State. So we, we're just having fun and we're just being present. And it's, it's hard to have fun when you're thinking about the future and you're having anxiety, you're thinking about the past and you're having depression. You know, just be present. Enjoy the moment. You know, we're alive. A lot of people and we're healthy. You know, a lot of people can't say that. But beyond that, you know, with my wife, you know, we, we've kind of started this journey, you know, in our faith, but also uh, in philosophy. She was a philosophy major in college and, and something we've been studying together is, is stoicism and and just being present is like the, one of the foundations of that philosophy. And, um, you know, you, you just get to know yourself a little bit better and and it's it's hard to hard to know other people when you don't know yourself. So just that's kind of a long way answer. I'm not sure where I'm going, but <laughs> I got you. Last one for me, um, more tactical. Um, that first match with Vito seemed like it went a lot of the ways that your matches usually go. You kind of wear on them and gas them out, and you're able to get mm -hmm. to your offense a lot in that second. That, that second match, though, it looked like he changed up a lot of things. What kind of challenges did he present in that second match? Well, that first match, um, you know, I'm just thinking back to my college career, how I, I got made fun of a lot for breaking Lezak from the bottom, but it's kind of the truth. Um, and I'll kind of use that analogy with uh, with him in that first, you know, I think he wanted to get that match over with quick and um, as all of us do, but uh, he spent a lot of energy on that takedown, that leg lace and shame on me for getting there, but I, it took it out of him. And, and, and uh, you know, he they had a different game plan. They were kind of banging with me a little more. You know, we we're hand fighting a little more, so I was able to pressure, snap, get to my underhooks, and get to his legs. They were kind of staying away from me a little bit more. You know, once the pressure kind of stayed, I put the pressure on them, snapped them a couple of times. They really started to wrestle that outside. And then, you know, the second period, I was kind of doing the same thing. I was like, well, heck, I got three minutes. I'm up by two. Um, let's try to get a takedown. I'll just win this match, essentially. And uh, that's something I haven't really been good at uh, ever since. Um, 2018 is, is uh, I kind of forgot how to how to how to win, you know. I was I was I'm always in those matches, you know. I beat the best guys in the world. I'm always in those matches with the best guys in the world. But for a long time, I just had a hard time figuring out how to win, and, and um, that's not how I want to win. You know, obviously we want to win differently, but um, it's a start and it's a win. And at the end of the day, that's what history remembers you for is winning. And yeah, righteous. Congrats, man. Thank you. And we have another question here, maybe a question from Jake. Yeah, Thomas, you know, you, you referred to Penn State as a school, you've ingrained yourself in the community and, you know, you get a lot of outpouring support, you know, coming from Iowa to Penn State, what does it mean to you to now be such a part of the program and of the culture and to get the support that you've gotten? I mean, it, it means the world to me. You know, I'm an, I, I, not anymore, but I was an outsider. You know, I was a nomad looking for a home um, in a way. You know, I had Mark Perry as my my coach, you know, really my personal coach and my kind of go-to guy. And he was leaving Iowa and I was like, well, I'm, I got to figure out what to do. And, and um, they've, they've taken me in and done more for me than I could ever ask anybody to do for me. Um, it's just been amazing. You know, not only, the, you know, the guys on the team, the coaches, but just the whole community. You know, um, Iowa City, Iowa is not the only place that loves wrestling. Um, State College is a great place to be if you're a wrestler and, and you like wrestling. So um, it's just been amazing. And 
you know, last night before this matchup, you talked about how you've been humbled a lot the last you know, year plus, you know, with COVID and everything that's gone on. How important has that humility and maybe learning that or channeling that been to your development? Uh, it's, it's been huge. It's, it's been um, the center uh, of that development because um, when, when you're trying to make yourself a new home and you're kind of the outsider, the nomad looking for a home, you have to be humble. You, I mean, there's no choice. You, you don't run the show. You don't, you don't really ask for much. You don't, you mind your P's and Q's and maybe a little bit more than you usually would. And so I, in that sense, I've really had to humble myself, but you know, COVID, you know, gave me a lot of time just to sit and think, you know, and, and my grandfather always says, you get in trouble thinking. And uh, that's the case a lot, but sometimes you got to think a little bit to, to get yourself out of a hole and out of the funk. And it's kind of what I was in, was a hole in the funk, just, just mentally and spiritually. And so um, just kind of had to be humbled to, to ask God for, for guidance and forgiveness and and uh, ask him to show me show me the direction I'll, I'll take it and um, you know he's showing it and I just take the path that he pre presents me and uh, today it, it, it's an, you know on the Tokyo um, you know so everything is, is because of him and, and for him and, and I'm just thank, thankful and grateful for that and you know when you came to the NLBC I'm sure you had goals in mind of what you wanted to accomplish I'm sure this was probably one of them I mean did you expect it to happen quickly, you know, could you visualize it and say, hey, you know, I'm going to join the NLWC and I know I'm going to be successful right away. You know, what was that process like? Uh, I mean, yeah, that was kind of the plan. Um, it, you know, in, in my head, you know, when I was coming to, to, to the 99 Wrestling Club, it was, it was for a lot of reasons, but the main reason was to get better at wrestling. You know, I, I was at a place in my career and I needed to go to another place in my career if I wanted to accomplish my goals. And, and that essentially was just getting better at the sport of wrestling and finding the love for the sport again. Um, you know, I just, it was, I, I was ready to retire, you know, to be quite frank. Um, I was gonna go, when the trials, when the Olympics be done, never look at the sport again. You know, that's kind of where my mind was at. And that's not a good place to be, um, you know, when you're trying to compete. And I'm kind of in the renaissance of my wrestling career right now. Um, you know, I'm finding love for the sport again. And people say, oh, well, you, you've been at Penn State for a year and you're still doing the same dang things. Yeah, well, maybe, but my, my head is different. My mind is different. Um, I, I have more more confidence. The, 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 the things I'm bringing to the mat mentally and spiritually are different. I'm a different person. Even though I'm doing the same things, we don't, we don't change overnight. You know, I've added a little bit, you know, tactical, technical things, but you're not going to see it every single time out there if you really study my my films you're gonna see things that are different but now i'm just ranting and raving no worries last question for me on a lighter note how's your dodgeball game have you improved since you got to uh state college can you repeat that first part i i no, mean, no, no, I, it's sort of a lighthearted question but obviously i know dodgeball is a big part of the nlw <sighs> how's your game been oh not great so I, I usually use that time to warm up on my own so I, I, uh, I, 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 just the way my, my genetics are, I need a little bit, you know, I need my mind. I'm kind of a scatterbrain as everyone can tell us in my interviews, but you know, I need very, I need structure. So, and I need a long warmup. I need a long structured warmup. So when those guys are playing their dodgeball, I, I like to, uh, get my warmup in, but there was one time where I kind of got the edge to play dodgeball, but I just got back from France and actually I was wrestling Vito and uh, I kind of hurt my elbow a little bit in, in, a, in a scramble. And it was, it was my right elbow. It's my throwing arm. So uh, I kind of had the itch to play, maybe because I couldn't physically, but uh, 
Yeah, my, my game hasn't improved. I, I've tried it a couple of times, but I'm awful. I can't throw, can't catch, and uh, I'm just like an easy target. You know, they, they don't take it easy on new guys. Yeah. Thanks, Thomas. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Great stuff there from Thomas on and off the mat. Um, he was the most successful of the Iowa wrestlers that competed this weekend, like I said earlier. There were eight total, so there was Gilman, Joe Colon, David Carr, Sam Brooks, Pat Downey, Kyvin Gadsden, Felicity Taylor, and Rachel Waters. So six men, uh, two more uh, women's freestylers. So we're going to start with them. We'll start with the ladies. Felicity Taylor from South Winnesheek, now at McKendree. She competed at the women's freestyle uh, competition at 53 kilograms. She went 2-2, two and two, guys. Uh, beat Melanie Mendoza 3-2 in her opening match. Um, then she lost to Ariana Velasquez 6-2 in the quarterfinals. Came back with a nice 12-0 win over Pey- uh, Peyton Prussian um, in the Russellbacks. Uh, Prussian was the uh, NAIA national champ. That's both. Uh, that's how she qualified. Felicity Taylor was the, uh, the NCAA women's uh, national champ. That's how she qualified. So um, kind of fun to see them hit head-to-head. I'm pretty sure when Felicity won her junior national title as well in 2018 that was a that was the national final um so a uh, fun little rematch there um, but then felicity lost to uh, alicia hauk three to one and was eliminated pretty tough uh, tough outing uh, but a tremendous experience all the same felicity taylor still uh very young in her wrestling career i know that there was a lot a big youth movement this weekend at some of the women's weights, um, but she'll be back. Um, no doubt in my mind that she'll be back, and, and she will absolutely uh, make a run at some of the senior-level stuff um, in the years ahead. Rachel Waters, originally from Ballard, now an assistant coach at William Penn. Um, she made her second Olympic trials appearance. Uh, she competed in Iowa City back in 2016. This weekend, she was at 68 kilos. Um, kind of tough weekend, though. Went 0-2, lost her first match to a 17-year-old superstar, Kennedy Blades, one of the tremendous stories that came out of the women's freestyle competition. Blades ended up making it to Saturday night best of three finals. Waters, meanwhile, fell to the Russellbacks. She lost her second match 6-5 to five to Sierra Ramirez. Uh, Sienna Ramirez, excuse me, was eliminated from the competition. Another tough outing there, but um, when it comes to the Olympic trials and these world team trials, unless you make the team, pretty much every outing is a tough outing. Um, so those were the ladies. On to the men. Joe Cologne, All-American at Northern Iowa, 2018 World Bronze Medalist, up at 61 kilos. He was down at 57 because 61 is not an Olympic weight which really kind of stinks for guys like him because 61 seems perfect. He won a thriller, though, against Seth Gross in the quarterfinals on Friday, 9-8. to He trailed 8-4 to late in the match after a flurry of points from Seth Gross. Then he took Gross feet to back for a four-point takedown that gave him an 8-8 to lead on criteria because of the... If you see, if it's tied, um, and you, I think there's a couple of criteria points before then, but one of the first criteria points, if it is tied, is who had the highest scoring move, right? So four-point takedown beat all of Seth Gross's two, uh, two-point um, sequences, right? So Cologne's up 8-8 eight to eight on criteria. Gross's corner challenged that call. Um, the call was held up, so Cologne got another point. That gave him the outright lead 9-8. to eight. Um, It looked like in the final seconds, Gross did get in on a shot late, and it looked like maybe Cologne... Gave up an exposure. Ref didn't call it, though. Gross's corner was out of challenges. Always use your bricks wisely, kids. So Cologne won the match 9-8 in advance. Then he ran into Gilman in the semifinals, and he lost there. Um, Gilman just kind of put a hurt on him. He was up 3-0, I think, at the end of the first period. Um, and then he hit a big four-pointer in the second period, and that really broke the match open. One more takedown sealed that deal after another step-out point. So Gilman advanced to the finals. Cologne, um, his weekend ended 1-1. He forfeited out of the tournament. 
because of an injury after that uh, loss to Gilman in the semifinals. So that's Joe Cologne. David Carr also wrestled at 74 kilograms, uh, opened with a very nice 8-0 to win over Michigan's Logan Massa. That sent him to the semifinals against Jason Nolf, and Nolf took down Carr 10-0 to in a match that showed that there are very much, in fact, levels to this game. Carr struggled to create angles and offensive opportunities kind of throughout that match. Um, but when he did get in on Knopf's legs, Knopf just he had the answer every time, right? So that dropped Carr to the Russellbacks, and then on Saturday he lost to Thomas Gant seven to one. That eliminated him. Good learning experience for Carr, who qualified after winning an NCAA championship last month. Um, this is a guy that's got plenty of age level credentials. Um, he's again, he's still very young. He will be back, and he will be absolutely be a force on the senior level in the years ahead. Uh, Sam Brooks, All American for Iowa, current Hawkeye Wrestling Club member. He competed at 86 kilograms, went 0 two. Uh, pretty rough day for him on Friday. He went down in the first round 9-3 to to Brett Favre, who's uh, formerly from Minnesota. Uh, Brooks actually led 3-1 to in the second period, and then Favre scored a 2-2 two and two to take a 5-3 lead. Never trailed again, scored another two, a couple of step-out points. That put it on ice. In the Russellbacks, Sammy Brooks uh, faced Aaron Brooks and dropped a 6-3 decision there. Again, Sammy Brooks led 3-0 in the second period, and then Aaron Brooks, step-out, takedown, step-out, another takedown. That would eliminate Sam Brooks from the competition. Also at 86 kilograms, Pat Downey, former Cyclone All-American, 2019 World Teamer, was in that same bracket. He finished fourth. Um, uh, kind of a weird path. We'll get to even a weirder path later um, in, here in just a minute. Um, but Pat Downey, first round by, he lost to Bo Nickel in the quarters, 13-3. Scored the first takedown, then Bo did Bo Nickel things. Um, he led 4-2 to two after the first period, hit a big four-pointer in the second, pulled away, ultimately got the technical fall. So then Pat Downey took a bye, and then he beat Aaron Brooks 11-0, and then he took a forfeit, and then he lost to Zahid Valencia 11-1 in the third-place match. So Pat Downey only wrestled three times, and he went 1-2, and and he took fourth. Kind of a weird tournament, right? Um, Going to get even weirder. Buckle up. Finally, Kyvin Gatson competed at 97 kilograms, ended up wrestling just three matches also the whole weekend. I wish I was kidding, but that actually happened. Um, he dropped his first match to tie Walls 2-1. to uh, Gatson scored a passive point in the first period, and then Walls scored two passive points in the second period. I hate matches like that. Not very fun to watch. Um, but Gadsden loses, falls to the Russellbacks, and then he accepts back-to-back forfeits because he was supposed to wrestle Braxton Amos, who got to the Greco Best of Three Finals, so he decided no-go on freestyle. Um, and then he was also, after that, supposed to wrestle Hayden Zilmer, who was the two-seed. He lost to Mike Machiavello. Zilmer decided to forfeit out of the tournament. So Gadsden accepts two forfeits, gets into the third-place match where he has a rematch with Walls, uh, beats him 6-0, and then because he hadn't wrestled Machiavello yet, Machiavello finished second in the challenge tournament. Gadsden was able to wrestle for true second in the challenge tournament, and then he pinned Mike Machiavello in 37 seconds. That secured true second in the challenge tournament, but also third on the ladder at 97 kilograms. That's big, guys, because that uh, that secured uh, Gadsden's spot on the U.S. national team, and with that comes... Uh, if you're top three on the ladder, that means extra money. You get a stipend from USA Wrestling every month, different training opportunities. You can go out to the OTC and do other fun things like that. And USA Wrestling is also going to sponsor overseas competitions um, so that you can go compete and get some different experience and, and not wrestle just the same domestic guys all the same time. Um, so it's a really big deal, um, really good stuff there from Kyvin to be able to bounce back after that tough loss. Um, on Friday, the first one to Walls. Um, so we asked him about that. We asked him about his performance, kind of where he's going from here, um, and all that stuff uh, moving forward. So here's Kyvin Gadsden now. Um, I hope you guys enjoy. Appreciate you coming back after missing out on you after your really fast pin. Uh, just give us an overview and talk to us about your tournament. Um, overview of the tournament. Dream deferred. <laughs> 
Uh, I thought it was um, heartbreaking, obviously, um, that first match. And um, yeah, just just heartbreaking, you know, not not wrestling live or in competition for, you know, three one that or for three months, you know, that's kind of how it felt. I'm out there in that first match, kind of felt like I was like in a twilight zone, you know, a little bit. And, um, you know, things happen, right? And so I just tried to compose myself and um, get 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 out what I could of the tournament, you know? And so I'm, um, I'm happy with that. You'll get that title of being a member of the national team, which is, which is nice. And to battle back after dropping a first match is always hard. And you definitely did battle back. And I looked up at the screen and you were already done in your match yeah. against Machiavello. Uh, you want to talk us about through that pin? Um, I guess I just was trying to, well, the, the last time I hit that, that, that first action, I tore my growing, right? So that was in November and I tore my growing off the bone. And um, when that happened, right, like I knew something bad had happened. I didn't know how bad it was going to be. And so the last um, three months, like November, December, well, basically, um, so like November, December, January, and even February, so that's four months actually, wow, um, were really, really tough. I spent a lot of time um, at, um, the Stedman Philippon Clinic in um, Vail um, with Dr. Philippon um, trying to figure out and make the necessary um, steps towards being healthy and everything was extremely scary especially like off the initial impact you know with the with the injury and so I'm really just thankful that I was able to compete again here today and yesterday although because um, I wasn't sure. I wasn't. I wasn't sure. Um, I, I wasn't sure how much of if I'd be a shell of myself and things like that. And so um, to be able to come out here today and really um, showcase some of my abilities, um, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity. Cody Goodwin of the Dwayne Register has a couple questions for you. Hey, Kyvin, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Um, I, I Only two matches today, but you were able to get both of those wins, including one over the guy that, that beat you yesterday. I, how much is that? I mean, is, is that important to do to you, or what is the importance of being able to come back the way you did to, you know, I know she kind of already asked a variation of that question, but to beat a guy that beat you, right? Right. Well, like, I mean, you guys know, like, my whole thing and, like, part of my, like, brand and my, like, character is, like, be rare, right? And so... Um, being resilient is a huge piece of that and so if your your feelings hurt your heart broken your dream being pushed off you know for what will be like three years now right Paris um, it's like you gotta figure out how to get something out of this you know and so um, it was just yeah, it was, it was important, you know, and it was important not to leave it up to, you know, a ref's discretion or a ref's decision, you know, and um, so I, I was able to go out and get some points on the board early, um, and so it was it was important for me to come back and, um, and perform the way that I was able to. 
For sure. I think my last one for you, man, is I know that you you and I have talked about this, the lessons that you learned from each of these experiences. And what was maybe the biggest takeaway from this weekend? Biggest takeaway from this weekend? Stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. Appreciate the moments. God gives us all, you know, moments. Our, our life is a series of moments, right? And when you maybe aren't in the moment, you, you miss things and you're not appreciative of things. And so, yeah, stay in the moment. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed. Um, God has given me a ton of ability, a ton of um, obstacles and um, a ton of love and all the, the other things. And so it's, it's all built me to this point, you know, like, and so, yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, stay in the moment, just be appreciative of the opportunity to get to do something that you love every day. Awesome, thanks, man. No problem, Cody. Hey, Kyle, you're up. Ivan, you were training partners with Jaden and you're good friends with them. Did that affect you at all this weekend? That was devastating. Cause he, I mean, he called me yesterday after um after the weigh-in debacle and so yeah that that sucks for him for coach jackson honestly i think for you know you don't get to find out for the fans right um i think we missed out on some good wrestling i'm not sure what the exact um situation or the case was but if if it was coaches complaining about him not making weight um, on time, I think it's ridiculous. That's just my piece. I think I think the rules need to change because if a guy doesn't make weight two hours before, if he makes it an hour before, who does that give advantage to? I mean, it would seemingly give advantage to the other person. So I think the rules need to be looked at. Um, as long as they make weight, you know, 30 minutes before, but everybody would try to make weight. Um, obviously, in that two-hour time frame. Um, so I just—I mean—that sucks for Jaden. Um, my heart goes out to him. Uh, but I know he's a resilient guy as well, and as well as you know, Coach Jackson. And so um, that's not the—that's not the last you're going to be seeing or hearing from Jaden. So, Kyle, follow up. My final question is, when are you going to finally admit that Willie Gadsden would beat you? Never. <laughs> never. Because guess what? He never took third place here, and he doesn't have any national teams on his record. But, Kyle, if you're available, and Cody, if you guys are available next week, um, my my ice cream comes out. My my um, my ice cream comes out at the ISU Creamery um, on April 10th. So if you guys are available, I'd love for you guys to make the trip down. If not, I'll get you guys some at some point. But
Excellent stuff there from Kyvin. A little bit shorter show today, and we kind of compressed this because, like I said, I wanted to make sure that we got to the Iowa guys and gals first. Um, I'll have plenty more thoughts on all the other teams, all the action, Jaden Cox, medal potential, how the matches were decided, all that jazz. We'll break that down tournament by tournament, style by style later this week, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. One final thing I did want to leave you guys with here today was an interview with Rich Bender, who's the executive director of USA Wrestling. Uh, He gave us some time this weekend to ask about the tournament, the venue, Jaden, the competition, what's next, USA Wrestling's future, all that fun stuff. Uh, So we'll close out today's show with his interview. Always insightful to hear from the man in charge of these things. Um, So we'll go to him now, Rich Bender, executive director of USA Wrestling, and I'll see you guys on the other side. All right. Joining us and closing out the evening, we've got Rich Bender, the head honcho at USA Wrestling, taking some time to sit down and chat with us. Uh, Rich, if you could just give us an overview of how everything went the past two days. Are you pleased? Are you excited? Let's just dive headfirst into it. Well, if you can't be fired up about that team that, that just won this event and, and think about the prospects of, of Tokyo, then you weren't watching very closely. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're incredibly grateful for the opportunity that we had to put our sport on display this weekend in, in Fort Worth and, and just so, so grateful for all those uh, folks here that, that made it possible for athletes to get out there and, and chase that dream. And as we, we say many times, the purest pursuit in all sport is an American wrestler trying to win a medal for his or her country. And you saw that on display this weekend. We're really, really excited and fired up about the prospects from Tokyo. As the leader of the organization and having to navigate this whole past year, the world getting turned upside down, this, that, and another all coming at you. How do you feel knowing that, okay, we just got trials done. We, we did it. We've got it over with. I'm really excited about this team. We actually get to think about, about the Olympics. Does that all just make everything feel a little bit sweeter for you? Well, it it sure does. And it certainly speaks to the resiliency of the American wrestler and, and, and and the sport. I mean, in in an environment where really wrestling and social distancing are the antithesis of one another, uh, for us to be able to pull this off as a sport is really impressive and hopefully, you know, can inspire others to, to, to get the job done and, and, uh, you know, push forward it, but it really, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly satisfying. Um, but you know, it's been, it's been difficult, uh, obviously, I mean, wrestling is, it's had some, some pretty significant challenges in this environment. Uh, but you know, the sport's incredibly resilient, the infrastructure that supports our, our sport in America is, is really impressive. And, and, uh, you know, we're just grateful for that. Talk about USA wrestling, bringing the Olympic trials to Fort Worth and the experience that you've had here in Fort Worth. Well, absolutely fantastic. Tell you the truth. I was here in December for the national finals rodeo and, and uh, you know, very similar situation where, uh, you know, a, a very important event for, for that organization was moved from Las Vegas to, to Fort Worth and in uh, Arlington actually. And uh, so, I mean, it's just been, I mean, the red carpet has been rolled out. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, the sport pivoting in a really tight time frame to be able to host. And, you know, I've you know, said this many times, I, I, I think this is, it was the most important wrestling event that maybe we've ever had in light of the circumstances this past year and what it, what it means. We think that, uh, you know, the Olympic Games this summer in Tokyo is going to be, you know, maybe one of the greatest celebrations of human triumph over anything, maybe ever in our lifetime. And, and we just, you know, really excited about that and really grateful to the folks in, in Fort Worth and, uh, you know, the Texas people have been unbelievable uh, hosts for us. And just, you know, on short notice to be able to pull this off was, 
is really impressive. Got a question, probably a couple of them. Kyle Klingman, track wrestling, go ahead. How many people asked you about Jaden Cox this weekend? Uh, well, a lot more lately, <laughs> a lot more over the last couple of days, but, uh, you know, certainly, obviously that's, uh, you know, an unfor unfortunate circumstance. I really don't have any comment on it specifically. Um, but you know, I mean, it's, it, you'd, you'd have to have been under a rock somewhere if you didn't think that there was an anticipated matchup with, with Jaden and, and others here in, in, uh, this week, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's part of our sport and, uh, you know, just something that, that we'll, we'll work through, uh, and, you know, I think Jaden's made some comments that, that he intends to, to exhaust his, his opportunities to, to, uh, you know, to, to be heard further. And, uh, you know, certainly that's uh, within his right and something that, that we won't stand in the way of. Kyle, follow-up. Yeah, I got a couple more follow-ups, if you don't mind. Uh, 2013, we had the situation where wrestling was on the chopping block. It came back. Compare and contrast 2013 to 2021 COVID. Well, you know, and, and uh, I, I think maybe, Kyle, you recall, uh, we were in uh, a little over a year ago, we were in uh, Adrian, Michigan for the first ever women's uh, collegiate championships. And I said, I thought our sport was on the precipice of its golden age. We were, I mean, our, our membership was an all-time high participation in high school had, had begun the, the, the climb up and, you know, women's wrestling continues to, to show incredible uh, uh, promise and, and progress. And, you know, our teams were, I mean, we won more medals in, in 17 and 18 than, than any single year in the history of, of the organization. So the sport really solid at the, at the grassroots level and, and at the very top end of the sport competitively. Um, I, I, I thought we were on the golden, uh, the, the, the verge of the, the golden era of wrestling, but, uh, you know, obviously COVID came and, you know, I would, I would challenge anyone to say that there's a, a sport out there that that could be could have been more negatively impacted by COVID than wrestling. But I think it's you know it speaks. I said it earlier speaks to the resiliency of the sport, but I think also the culture of the sport. Right? I mean, we're um, you know cleanliness and and uh, safety checks, etc. Oh, that's my phone. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, we were on the, uh, you know, and it's just, it, it speaks to the, the, the resiliency of the sport and, and, you know, I, to compare this year to 2013, um, you know, I, I, I think most people have said, and I agree that, you know, what the challenge in 2013 was the greatest thing that's ever happened to wrestling. We were able to, to kind of reimagine ourselves to, to make some really needed changes to the sport. Um, hold people accountable that are making, you know, making decisions to, to lead the sport and you know, just provide the athletes with, with, uh, you know, a foundation to be able to chase their dreams. And, um, so it's different, Kyle. I, I think it's, uh, um, hopefully it'll have a very similar impact that we'll look back on these days and say, you know, this sport, uh, you know, responded and, and, and made lemonade, right. In a situation where you know, we were dealt a lot of lemons. So, I mean, there were some dark times and you know, early parts of this COVID I and mean, morning's coming. We, we know that we're confident. Uh, but there were some dark times for our sport early on, right. It didn't look good that, you know, when were we going to be able to wrestle again? And uh, you know, it's just, as I keep saying, it speaks to the resiliency of, of wrestlers and our sport and those that, that love, you know, the greatest sport uh, that's ever been known to man. So, um, you know, I guess 
that's that's what I'd say about. I don't know. There's a big comparison. I think the yeah, history will 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 judge. You know how USA Wrestling and the sport responded to you know really really uh, difficult uh, challenge. And I think you know came out. Uh, I mean, we're going to get back to those days when we can say, hey, we're we are on the precipice or we are in the golden age of wrestling. The best days for wrestling are still to come. I'm I assure you that. Let's look ahead the next couple of months. Uh, what excites you and what's on the docket as we well, get ready to head into Tokyo? Yeah, what, obviously the first order of business is to get the remaining three weight classes qualified and Sophia in a little over a month. Uh, we'll take two, two of the Greco athletes in, in our single men's freestyle athlete that hasn't qualified yet um, to Sophia and hopefully get those weight classes qualified. The good news is we have more athletes qualified for the games in, in Tokyo than we had actually competed in that competed in Rio. So we're feeling really good about it. Really excited about the, uh, um, and we're excited about every weight class, but really excited about the prospects of, of um, completing our qualifying and, and being successful and having a, a complete full team in Tokyo training camps, uh, first training camps coming up in, in Colorado Springs. And then we'll take all three teams to Atlanta for a training camp uh, in late May, just before the, um, the Pan American championships in Guatemala city. And, and, and then back for some, some more training, still some things to, to, to tweak at the end, obviously uh, still studying the Tokyo playbook in terms of you know, what we're going to be allowed to do in country you're planning on, um, training in Nakachigawa, sorry about that, um, just prior to the games in, in north of, of Tokyo. And we're still planning on that being the case. Uh, but, uh, you know, as you know, a lot of, a lot of things, a lot more questions maybe than answers mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, what that's going to be. But obviously, we're, say this all the time about the support we get from, from the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee that, you know, in crisis, it presents a competitive advantage for uh, American wrestlers. I, I, I believe that truly. And, and uh, certainly, uh, you know, we have a, a support system and a team behind the team that is the envy of the world for sure. Uh, Jake Ferriott has a question for you. Jake, if you could also include your affiliation. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Jake Ferriott with the Daily Collegian up at Penn State. Um, you know, first of all, I guess you talked about how you feel we're on sort of the precipice of, if not sort of in the throes of the golden age of wrestling, you know, how much of that do you attribute to, you know, you look at the makeup of this year's team and it's a lot of first time Olympians across all three disciplines and a mix of, you know, a lot of returners, you know, is that a balance that you like? Do you think it's better to have more returners and more, or more newcomers? You know, you, how do you think about that? Well, you know, obviously we, we, I mean, if you look at it, at the makeup of the, of the women's team, right. I mean, in terms of uh, proven competitive success, right. It's there, right. I, I, I believe, um, you know, five of the girls have, have, have wrestled in the, in the finals of the Olympics or the world championships in the last, in the last five years. And, and then you look at a team, you know, our, our Greco team and, and uh, you know, some of the, um, I guess guys like Gable Stevenson, uh, who, I mean, Gable Stevenson just took apart, you know, one of the best heavyweight wrestlers in the world. And, you know, obviously there's a, there's a balance that we like to have, um, and that's one of the cool things about wrestling. It's, it's not a matter of what the executive director or the, you know, some administrator wants. It's, it's I mean, our team's determined by the wrestlers. And, uh, you know, we're, I mean, we're really excited about the, the, the mix. 
we think we have some proven proven leaders and and some some young kids that are going to be really hungry and, and we 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 wouldn't trade our team uh, for anyone in the world right now, I assure you. And you know, it might be a little far out now, but any plans on getting the trials back in state college? I mean, I know obviously they were supposed to be here this year. Yeah, actually, actually, we we did announce that that the trials will be back in in state college in uh, in twenty four. Uh, that was part of our um, kind of make good, so to speak. And, you know, obviously felt terrible for, um, you know, their organizing committee and at Penn State and in State College that had put a lot of work in, sold the event out. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we wanted to make good on our uh, commitment to them. So we'll, we'll be back in State College in, in 24 and, uh, you know, just really excited about that. And like I said earlier, really grateful for the opportunity that was presented to us here in, in Fort Worth. I mean, was there any worry in, you know, putting this event on with fans or, you know, given that, you know, obviously the pandemic is still going on and still a thing. I mean, you know, was there any worry that, oh, God, you know, maybe somebody tests positive or just that something might happen? Well, we like to say that that we don't like to borrow worry. And and certainly, you know, we felt really good or feel really good about the, the safety protocols that we've been employing since July. We had uh, this summer a tournament in, in Iowa with 3,000 kids with no no positive tests or or no um, spread of the of the virus as a result of that. So we felt really good about our protocols that were in in place. And you know, obviously, um, you know, every single event that that we that we run in, in this country, we yield to the local public health officials. And you know, we feel like I said, we feel really good about our our safety protocols. And you know, proof is in the pudding. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been successful with it. So yeah, it was, I mean, certainly we really were working hard to try to provide fans with, with the in-venue experience. And, uh, you know, I think we probably had close to 6,000 people here in the, in the building, uh, this weekend and, you know, it's not 16,000, but, but certainly I think in, 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 in light of, you know, where we are and, and, uh, you know, we feel really good about being responsible and, uh, providing an opportunity for the sport to, to be on display in a safe way. All right, Rich, thank you so much for making the time to come back and chat with us. We do appreciate it. We know it's getting late, but um, hope you had a great time. It was definitely exciting. It was a lot of fun. felt very safe here, really enjoyed the environment, the venue and everything that went into it. So thank you for a wonderful event. Um, we, again, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, thank you. I'm honored to, to chat with you tonight. Thank you. Take care. That's all we got today, guys. Um, like I said, I'll be back later this week with a few more shows on all three teams. We'll break down a lot more of this stuff in depth with them able to collect a lot of my thoughts, but I just wanted to make sure we hit the uh, the local competitors first. Um, so, yeah, thanks a bunch for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Goodwin, Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. Be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register, guys. Catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon.